0: I'm talking about vision in this series and vision doesn't happen automatically or said better like this. We don't improve by simply living. As you look at Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, Habakkuk here is addressing uh, the problem of the people of that time and uh, actually it's in a form of a, a rebuke or disappointment by the Lord and he says here in Habakkuk two, two, the Lord answered him and said what? Watch this, write the vision, talking about the vision of your life, the vision that's set before you, what God wants you to do. Notice what it says here, by the way, this is very relatable today, watch this phrase, it says here, it says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, how about that? <laughs> he was speaking to this generation, I just thought I'd throw that in. Anyway, notice what it says here, Let's uh, seriously, it says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, on your iPad, seriously, that he may, those who may, who may run who read it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, watch this, for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, it will not lie, though it tarries wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. The thing I want to bring to your attention is simply this, vision is simply leading your life, not allowing your life to lead itself. What I mean by that is that vision comes as you get older and you begin to see clearly the purpose of God for your life, because we go through those years as we're growing up where we really don't have vision, We some of us do, some of us don't, I didn't really, the older I get, the better I get. Specifically vision came to me more specifically as I got past my 20s and my 30s But for me to say this I say it with humility and the fact that Vision is simply this it's living it's living your life or leading your life and living your life through the Lord Not allowing your life to live you and how we're going to do that I'm going to talk about for just a couple of minutes Point number one is this vision isn't about who you know, but who knows you and look at Jeremiah Jeremiah 9 Well, it says in verse 23 and 24 watch this Jeremiah chapter 9, I like this verse of scripture. Uh, th- this is probably one of my favorites among many, but notice what it says here, verse 23, talking about vision is not who you know, but who knows you. Thus says the Lord, watch this, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, but let the, not let the rich man glory in his riches, watch this, but let him who glories glory in this thing, watch this, that he who, watch this, this is powerful, as it says right here, that he who understands, well, hold on, let him glory, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Watch that. He understands and knows me. That is the whole foundation to who I am and who we should be as a church and as a people, that we not only understand God, but we would know him. And I think that's what drives me to do everything that I do to have people to a place where they not only understand about the Lord, but have a knowing relationship with the Lord. And I like this, the rest of this verse, it says here, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Isn't that encouraging? He delights in you understanding Him and knowing about Him. Of course, religion and some churches teach that we can't know God. Well, here at Metroplex Family Church, we teach that that you have the vision, the ability to not only know Him, but have an intimate relationship with Him. That's, again, what drives me with the Navigators. The Navigators is not the only curriculum out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's just simply the curriculum that I believe gives us the best foundation, the best consistency to walk in the things that God has called us to do. Now, you can have a daily devotionals that I recommend and we can recommend to you. There's a Bible reading plan. There's podcasts. There's all kinds of tools. There's no reason for a believer with this beautiful technology that we have, not to be able to be encouraged to walk with the Lord and understand. Sometimes we get to a place where we're so busy doing life that we sort of set aside the vision that God has called us to, and sometimes until we get into trouble or get to a place of desperation, then we really seek the vision of God. Well, you shouldn't really do that. You should be, especially at the beginning of the year, I've really set aside January, the whole month, not just the first week or the first day, to really have a vision for the next 12 months and I set the foundation for it based on these things I'm sharing with you today because I believe vision is not just seeing but vision is doing. It's, it's moving into what God has called you to do. Yesterday I took the time, I was up at the seminary and they have these classrooms and I outlined the, all the years of my life. Of course I have it on my iPad and on this pad but I was outlining the, the years past and now what I'm going into this year and the things that I want to do personally and individually, the goals I have for the church, the patience that I've exercised in trying to reach people. It's been challenging as a pastor to try to bring vision to people's lives when they don't want to have vision. They don't want to see. They don't want to pursue the Lord. I'm not here to build a church or a brand or a name or an identity or a ministry. I'm here to build people that want to know God and understand Him and have the vice versa of that, an understanding of God and a true knowing of Him. It amazes me how people in their prayer lives when, again, not necessarily in this church, but you hear people pray, they don't have a relationship with God. There's there's no kind of fatherness. There's no kind of intimacy there. And again, we, we understand this because a majority of our population is married. And when you're married, you have to work at your relationship with your spouse, right? I mean, it takes work. Marriage is W-R-K, and that's all capital letters with an exclamation point at the end. And so marriage is work, relationships are work, and your relationship with God. is not a work necessarily, but the more you put into it, you can know the God of this universe, the creator that created you, the one who orchestrated all these powerful things. And I want to help you to have a vision for that. Number two, vision is understanding that God values you. Let's look at Matthew chapter six, Matthew six, 30 through 34. I'm reading this or want to read this in the message Bible. This is Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six, verses 30 through 34. Watch what it says here. This is a very interesting version. It said that God gives attention to the appearance of wildfires. And again, I'm talking about flowers that are grown just out in the wild. Most of them which are never seen, don't think that he'll attend to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you. While I'm trying, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, not to be so preoccupied with getting, hello, so that you can respond to God's giving. Isn't that good? Let's just stop there for a minute. So so that you won't be so preoccupied with getting that you don't respond to God's giving. So many times we get pursued in the fact of and wanting to have this and wanting to have that. And listen, it's important to have your house, your car, your things that you want in life, as long as you don't get in debt. <laughs> so, but seriously, notice this, you get so preoccupied with living the American dream, if you allow me to say that, you don't respond to what's already been given to you to live the true dream of God's life for you, right? He didn't call you to have necessarily the things that even though those are important and he wants you to have those things, he called you to enjoy those things, not just have those things. How many people get those things and don't enjoy them? had a friend of mine many years ago, a multi-multi-millionaire, told me this. He said, you can only drive so many cars and you can only wear so many pairs of shoes. Beyond that, it's it's, it's, it's meaningless is what he said. And he said, yes, it was important at the time that I achieved this. Now I'm looking back at my life, and it's not what I have. It's what I can give with what I have to help others. He's changed his perspective. And it goes to this. Watch this. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, Don't worry about missing out and you'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Verse 34. Give your entire intention to what God is doing right now. And that's the question asked, Lord, what are you doing right now? And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. That means worrying about the future. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when you when, when the time comes. Isn't that a beautiful promise? I like the first part of that. Give your entire attention, or in the New King James, it says, seek first the kingdom of God to what God is doing right now, and don't get worked up by what may or may not happen tomorrow. I just think that's so encouraging because I believe it like this. God values you because you're uniquely you. There is not a single person in this room that's like another person. Isn't that awesome? He made you and designed you specifically to be you. And when you learn how to be you, then you'll not only be valued by yourself, but you'll see the value that God has for you. Number two, a part of this, Jesus Jesus provided everything you'll ever need. He completed everything you'll ever need in this life. I think that's so encouraging. There's not a thing that you and I face that God does not have the provision to take us through. Regardless of what is dealing with us, you say, did God put me through this situation of sickness or this trial or this pressure or this pain or whatever I'm going through? No, there's an enemy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's a 24-7 being, and we have to understand that, but we also understand that Jesus defeated that being and that God still provided through Jesus the victory over that situation. Even though the world is pressing down on things, and things are not like we've ever seen before at this time in this age. I mean, politically, things are at a place where I've never seen them before. Compared as I'm now approaching the beautiful age of 60 years old, I find it amazing to look back, you know, to 1980 to the time of Ronald Reagan and to leadership at that time, not necessarily just the president, but leadership at that time in general in Washington, D.C. Uh, again, look at other things that are happening in the world. How we could have a war a war that's continuing to go on and on and on and on like we're seeing in another land. And things like we're seeing with the economy and financially. Who never thought that a, that a chicken would be so... <laughs> costly. Yeah, I'm talking about the cost of eggs, okay? And I, I just found it hilarious now, all these YouTube and whatever videos out there where people are, you know, <laughs> treating eggs like they're drugs or something, <laughs> you know. I mean, things like this are hilarious, And the housing market, and this market, and that market, and the economy, and stocks, and all that. And you know, if you get your eyes on all that, and you know, you're just plowing through that, trying to give and get, I mean, get and get and get, that's all great. But you need to rest in the fact that you've been bought with a price that's priceless. And your inner person, which is the most important of you, your spirit person, has been completed in the work of Jesus Christ. And even though the outside is important, and having things are important, and doing things that you want to do, are important. But when you're inside, you know that your inside is valued and you have the vision that God is making your soul continually day by day better and better as you seek him. Then you get to a place where you're not just living through life, you're leading through life. And that's what real vision is all about. Then you begin to get this vision that the older I get, the better I get. And the older I get, the more established I get. Listen, I don't want to go back in time. There's no way. I don't want to be 20 again or 30 again or whatever. My goodness, I want to be where I am today. I'm excited about the, the age of Social Security. <laughs> and again, I don't plan on retiring personally. I mean, I really don't. It's not that I can't, and, and, and you, know, you I, I consider what I do the greatest job there is. So for me, the vision of my life is doing this till forever. Uh, again, it's all because I know that God can be trusted proverbs chapter 3 notice what it says proverbs 3 5 in the new living translation watch this he god knows what's best for you as we trust him watch this it says trust in the lord with all your heart do not depend everybody say depend one more time Depend on your own understanding, or as Walt Hall used to say, your own reasoning. And so I like that. It says, seek his will in all that you do. He will show you. Watch that. Underline that word there in your heart and your mind. He will show you the path to take. Next verse. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Hello. Don't be impressed with the fact that, you know what, I can figure this out. No, instead, fear the Lord. What's that mean, Pastor Brian? That means to respect him, to honor him to turn entirely away from anything that's not of him. Don't give anything place. If you're dealing with something that's trying to pull you down, an addiction or a habit or something, I just want to encourage you. Listen, God knows how to take that thing away from you and give it to him and respect the Lord and let the power of the Lord keep that thing away from you. There is a way and there is a power in the Holy Spirit to keep you from anything that would try to lord over your life. Next verse, verse 8. Watch this. Then you will have healing for your body and your strength as you trust him, including your bones. That's for all of us as we get older. And watch this. Honor the Lord. Everybody say honor. Honor, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce. You say, Pastor Brian, I don't have wealth. What's that mean by wealth? Yes, it does mean your income. Yes, it does mean the money that you've been steward of. But what's that also mean? What does it mean, the wisdom you experience? Honor him with that. One of the things you'll hear me constantly do, especially as I get older, is I I share for experiences. I love to hear the experiences of others when people are successful, when they've accomplished something, when they've overcome something. One of the greatest things to me about senior adults is they've been there and done that. And if they're still alive, they've been there and done that. And you want to tap into the wealth of wisdom, not just the wealth of money wisdom is more, is greater than money. When you talk to a person, especially a wise person, and hear the wisdom that comes out of their mouth and the wisdom that comes out of their thinking and the wisdom that comes out of their experiences, then you listen to that and you say, Lord, I want to apply this to my life. I want this to be a part of my life and allow that wisdom to flow from what you learn from them. That is the greatest thing. I'm constantly reaching out. This past week, I surrounded myself with wise people, hearing wise counsel, hearing things that they did and and, and, and and applying that to my, because notice the next verse, verse number 10, after you honor the Lord, then he will what? He'll fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. You say, Pastor, I don't have a barn. <laughs> well, let's just put this to the perspective. I have a bar, barn, John and I have a barn, but in another state, but uh, what I'm saying here, he'll fill your barns with grains or your checking accounts or your accounts or your retirements or your investments. He'll give Give that blessing upon them as you honor him with that. You say, Pastor Brown, what does all this mean? That means you need to have a vision for these things, seeing these things as God sees these things. How do you do this? Well, I want to share a couple of things with you because living vision is simply this. Living a life of vision is four things. Watch this. And this is powerful. I got this from Dr. John Maxwell. I wanna make a difference, number one. Number two, I wanna make a difference with people who wanna make a difference. By the way, that's you and I. So let's watch this together. Number one, I wanna make a difference. Number two, I wanna make a difference with people who want to make a difference. So it's important who you surround yourself with. Number three, I wanna make a difference with people who want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference. How about that? What does that mean, Pastor Brian? That means whatever you're doing, make sure that it's aligning itself up with the kingdom of God. Yes, yeah. I know we have to work, we have jobs, we have businesses, whatever, but line yourselves up with the purposes of God and the earth. I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference with people who make a difference. Number four, D, I want to make a difference with people who want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference at a time that will make a difference. What does that mean? That means that this time right now, I believe, is the time that, of course, we're living in We can't necessarily change that, but this time, God put you and I here for a specific purpose. We are in this time frame, and he put us in this time frame to do something special. If he wanted us at another time, he'd have had us at another time. But look at this. Vision is making a difference with people who make a difference. Vision is making a difference by doing something with people that makes a difference. And finally, Vision is doing something with people, making a difference with people, doing something that at a time makes a difference in people's lives. And I'm telling you what, when you get a hold of that, when you get a hold of the reason why you're here, why God put you here, the purpose to why he put you here, then you begin to see beyond all the things that would try to attack you, all the things that would try to distract you, all the things that would try to hinder you. You say, well, what about this problem? What about this situation? What about this and what about that? When you know you're here to make a difference, when you know that you're here for an eternal purpose, when you know that the time that God has put you here is significant and special, then all these subsidiary things that are trying to attack you don't have the place that they do. People are absolutely bombarded with anxiety, as it says in Matthew six twenty-five 25 in the King James. They're worrying and fretting. How many of us know that many of the things we worry and fret about, some Sometimes don't ever come to pass. We worry about them to the point, I and mean, listen, I, no one in this auditorium and watching comes from a family of world champion warriors like I do. I mean, my mother is the queen of it. She's getting better, but she has the crown, and my grandmother, who lived to nearly 96, was the queen of queens when it came to worrying. And I fought this. I fight it with my mother. My mother's getting better and better and better. But my grandmother, I used to talk to her every week. It would amaze me how a woman who could live such a long life and do all that she did could not stop worrying. She worried about worrying. <laughs> She worried about the weather constantly. And we had this battle to the point where it came a joke. I said, Mama, there's nothing we can do about the weather other than give it to God, speak to it, and don't worry about it. And this is what her response, honey, you're right, but I'm still going to worry about it. And it would rob her of her very enjoyment of life, even though she was doing a great job, even though she was making a difference, being a person of, of significance and a person that was operating in the time of her life as far as her destiny and influencing my life and many others and her legacy lives on. But my point was simply with this is worrying and anxiety and just fretting over things and worrying over things and not enjoying. Everybody say enjoying. Enjoying where you are is having vision. If you Listen, if you're so focused on the problem right now and the pressure, you never see the promises of tomorrow and the hope. So many people have lost their hope. They've given up their hope. Their hope is if it's not gonna happen right now and like this, I'm gonna give up. Listen, when you hope in God and put your hope in him, he is the author of hope. He knows how to turn that negative situation around. He knows how to flip it around. He knows how to bring it to the place of victory. But you gotta quit putting your eyes on the thing of the pressure of that problem and put them on the promise of that situation. It's just like, you know, the church here. I mean, I want to see us grow. I want to see us to have more people reaching. My goal is 250 people on Sunday mornings, 250 people watching. But I mean regular attending people. We're offering the word of the living God. We're offering the very best you could have as far as God's word, as far as practicality. I'm not up here teaching theology. I'm not up here teaching religion. I'm not up here trying to pressure you and manipulate you to do something. Am I? is there any giving uh, you know, requests from me or is there projects for us to join so that you can do this? Is there initiatives that come from me as a pastor to try to get you to do something or give to something? I'm trying to make the best of you come forth. And if the best of you comes forth, then all these other things will take care of itself. We have a giving box. Do you know how many pastors sort of ridicule that? Say, Pastor Brian, if you're not passing out the offering, if you're not soliciting from the platform, if you're not doing this and doing that, you'll never have any money. Well, you know what? If people don't want to give from the heart, why am I going to put a gun to them spiritually by begging them to give? That's why we don't have any debt around here because I don't want to put myself to that place. How many pastors don't make it to 18 years? The average Southern Baptist church pastor makes it to five years. I've now made it three three times more than they have. (laughs) Pat myself on the back. Amen. The point with that is simply this. I'm not here because man called me. I'm not here because I'm trying to manipulate. I'm here with a driving vision to get you to a place to do these eight things, to live with vision, for you to ask questions, for you to never stop learning, for you to have expectations, for you not to be self-absorbed, for you to value people, not use them, for you to live not in yesterdays, but live in today, moving forward, for not living in a comfort zone and finally being accountable, letting your life be submissive to one another. And believing in God's purpose for your life. You said, What do you do with vision, Pastor Brian? Vision is simply this: it's simply this. It's seeing the vision, second of all, is stepping towards that vision. Third of all is sacrificing for that vision, which is discipline and determination. And fourth, and finally, is to seek help for that vision. If you've got a vision to be debt-free, then what have you got to do with those four things? you got to simply what? You have got to step towards it. You, I mean, you got to see yourself being debt-free. you got to see yourself in the position that God has called you to be. you got to also step towards it. How many people don't step towards it? They just stay where they are. And then the number three, again, sacrificing for it. To be a champion in life is not just sitting around and waiting on it to happen. It's an, an initiative to, to go it. And if you've got God helping you, the ultimate coach in life, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then you can, what, through the help of seeking help for that vision, you can see that vision come to pass. Uh, Seriously, I am serious about this reality of seeing this in your life. Don't let another year pass by without you seeing yourself in the place and the position that God has called you to. Let's pray about this. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you saved us from ourselves, but you also saved us from hell itself. You've given us a purpose and a reason to live this life. So I'm asking right now that vision be seen mightily upon us through the eyes of our understanding, being opened and enlightened. I pray for every person in the sound of my voice right now to open themselves up to your calling, to your purpose in your life, for their lives. In Jesus' name. As we close this service with a song, I just want to remind you of something right now. If you've had your vision taken away from you, it's time to get it restored back to you. The hope that God has called you to have. Listen, if if it's gone and it's not there, I want to help you with this simple prayer. As these musicians are setting themselves in place, I want you to be encouraged in the fact that if you've lost your sight for 2023, let's get it back. Take a moment, take a moment this week to separate yourself with the Lord. Just some time alone. Put the Bible where it needs to be, which is before your eyes, in your mind and to set aside the time for just a moment just to write out God's vision for your life. Let's go back to what Habakkuk said. What did he say to the Lord's words? He said, write it, that those may run who read it. He said, who's the ones who are going to read it? Your life, your family, your friends, those that are around you. The vision will speak as you run with it. He says, Pastor Brian, I've lost vision. I've lost the ability to see. I understand that. I do understand that, but you can get that back today and you can live this moment forward seeing and knowing and doing and being. Let's all say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, open my eyes. Let me see clearly what you want for my life in every area. Forgive me for anything that hinders your vision from my life. Let me live intentional from this moment forward. I renounce reject and repent of anything that hinders that. I commit myself to you, and from this moment forward, I'll live my best for you because you lived your best for me. In Jesus' name.